friends, welcome to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl, missionary, author, pastor, and life coach. I know sometimes you doubt if you are truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own. I know that you are praying for a way to know the difference and to be confident in your relationship with God and what He says in His Word. If you are ready to grow in your faith and your identity in Christ and to confidently step into the calling God has for you, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hey friends, have you been feeling isolated in your walk with God? We have just come out of a long period of quarantine and isolation, and it can sometimes feel difficult to be connected to each other. And in fact, the enemy wants us to feel that way. I want you to realize that there are other believers that are feeling the same thing, longing to feel more connected to not only God, but to each other. I want to invite you over to my free Facebook community where we can connect with each other, talk through some of our struggles, encourage each other, and pray for each other. On Facebook, look for the She Hears Hearing Jesus podcast community page. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. Today is our last episode in the Desires of the Heart series, and we're going to be talking today about the desire to be accepted. And this is one I think we see in the church, out of the church. We see it in a lot of aspects of our relationships and our friendships, uh, romantic relationships, parenting, all of that kind of thing. So Um, I hope this series has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me to kind of dive deep a little bit and just as an introductory way to start sharing some of my story and my heart with you. I hope it's been a blessing to you as I've talked to some of you guys both in person and through email, things like that. um, I've started to hear about some of the ways that God is starting to heal some things or even just reveal some things for you. And One of the things that I've really been praying about in this post, or I guess during COVID, post-lockdown kind of re-entry into society season we're in, is that as God reveals things to us, we would understand that he reveals so he can heal. And I'm not trying to be cheeky with that. I know it rhymes and maybe that's just easy so you can remember it, but Early on in this pandemic, one of the things that God really showed me was that through some of the things that were going on, and at the time it was really, the racial tensions were really high, political tensions were high, um, the chaos with the, you know, pre-vaccine, COVID issues, quarantines, all of that. In the middle of all that chaos, what God really showed me was that he was starting to strip away a lot of things down to the bedrock of just who he was. And if we were in a posture of being dependent on the foundation of Jesus, then we would be able to stand firm. If not, things were going to start to fall away. And this season um, of just this whole last year, as I've been walking through the Desires of the Heart series and the way that God has shown me those things in my own life, I've just seen more and more God revealing things so he can heal them. And so if any of this has touched on a nerve for you and you want to talk further about it, please, please, please email me, send me a message, send me a voice note. Uh, I would love to pray for you. I am praying for you anyway, so you might as well tell me specifically how I can pray. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Today we're talking about um, within this 
framework of the desire to be included or accepted, we're going to be talking about what I call the one another's. And we'll get to why I'm calling it that in, in a minute. As I was thinking about this, um, actually, I had intended on really just kind of digging down deep into some things that had happened recently. And I just kind of couldn't put my finger on why that didn't seem to fit right or feel right. And as I was praying about it, the Lord brought to mind a memory that I had not thought about in years. Um, probably, let's see, Georgia, my daughter is 17, so probably 15 years or so. I had not even thought about it. And actually, it's not something I really want to remember. So I kind of you know, dismissed it initially. And then as the Lord started to work on my heart, I thought, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable. Well, I guess hopefully by now you realize that I try to always be vulnerable and open and honest and raw. And, um, that's kind of just the nature of who I am. I think even when my husband and I were first dating, uh, I just told him, listen, I, I'm a very, very flawed individual, but you're going to see those flaws up front. Who I am is who I am. And not to say that God can't change me or grow me, those kinds of things. But um, who I am on the platform is who I am at my desk, and that's who I am at the dinner table. And so if you are listening to me on the radio or on the like radio, who listens to radio anymore? If you listen to me on a podcast or you're reading one of my books or we're having a conversation in person – what you see is what you get. That's just who I am. And so as I was praying about being vulnerable and sharing this with you, I thought, you know what, I might as well just show you or tell you about what this looks like in my own life and the ways that God has redeemed that. So I started thinking about a church I had been in um, a long time ago in a small town, not the town we live in now, but a, a different town. And we had to commute to that town, but it was a good church. It was a good family, small country family church. And we had some strong relationships there. So we were willing to drive to that town. It wasn't too far, but maybe 15 miles or so. Um, so we were driving to that town and going to church and really just enjoying the fellowship of other believers, bringing our kids up in a nice, safe church. And I had been helping out with a youth group at that point, just casually. I wasn't the youth pastor or anything. I was just, you know, wherever wherever somebody needed help, I just jumped in. I, I was working full time and um, as a single mom at the time. And I really just had a lot going on Monday through Friday, but I was glad to help in whatever capacity. And so the youth pastor came up to me and he said, Hey, Rachel, I, I have a favor to ask of you. And I immediately said, sure, what can I do for you? And he, he kind of stopped and he said, well, um, this is a big ask and I want you to think about it before you answer. And you know, I thought through my love for people, for the teens, for the church, the community, for him. And I just said, okay, how, how can I help? And he started to describe a favor that he wanted to ask of me for me to pick up a woman um, in the town that I lived in and bring her to church. And initially I was like, oh yeah, sure. That's no, no big deal. Um, you know, I came every week. I drove from that town. It wasn't that far. I'm sure, you know, our town's not that big. It wouldn't be that far to, to bring her with us. And, you know, no big deal. Except then he described exactly where she lived and just, man, I, the words, I don't think I can do that came out of my mouth. And I'm a little 
ashamed to say that when those words came out of my mouth, I felt both shame and relief and, and probably ashamed that I felt relief, um, if I'm honest. But I just mentally was making a list of all the reasons why I could not pick this woman up. And, you know, at the time, I wasn't who I am now. And let's just say that. And so as he described, you know, the neighborhood and I knew exactly where she would be coming from, I, the entire tone of the conversation changed. And I was coming up with these internal excuses with why I just couldn't do what he was asking of me. And I was thinking, okay, she's going to smell up my car and she probably has lace and will give it to my baby and she will want to be friends with me and I can't be seen with her. And, you know, of course I didn't say any of those things out loud, but instead I came up with just some lame excuse about my inconsistent work schedule, even though I was my own boss at the time. Um, and just my own desire to attend church on different days or maybe even different campuses. And, you know, he of course knew that none of that was true, but he didn't push me. Um, and like you said, he knew it would be a big ask. Looking back at that scenario, um, there's so much different about how I live my life now. Um, Actually, I think that was about, yeah, I mean, that was about almost, it's got to be like close to 20 years ago. Anyway, either way, I'm not in that same church. I'm not in that same house, that same town or anything. Um, But who I am now is not who I was. Jesus has made sure of that. Now, I work with some of the most desperate and vulnerable people in not just my community, but on the planet. And I have such a heart for those that are lost and hurting and broken. Um, The ones with lice and the ones that smell bad and the ones that no one else wants to be seen with. Um, The ones that haven't had their lives changed by Jesus yet. Now, those are my people. Um, 15 years ago, I wouldn't have consciously said that I didn't want to be around the quote unquote least of these or like the marginalized of society. I would have said that it was wonderful that there were ministries out there that were called, were called to reach them. Um, I likely would have given money towards those ministries and I may have even been allowed to go, um, allowed myself to go on a short term missions trip or to go help quote unquote those people. Um, but 15 years ago, I also didn't know Jesus the way I know him now. I certainly knew a version of him, but I didn't know the Jesus that calls me to go with him to the places that no one else will go. It's not that he wasn't there. He was. It was me who held him at arm's length. So so Jesus obviously is the same yesterday as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. But I didn't allow myself to know that side of him. And I I don't think that my situation is unique. I think there are a lot of people who would say no to going to the bad part of town to pick up someone who lived there to ride along with their family to church. Um, I think there are a lot of people who would have cared more about how it looked than how we were commanded to, to do that very thing. I think there are plenty of people who would ignore God's voice in exchange for the voices of the world. Except once you start to really know who God is, that's just a voice you can't ignore. The calling to go and help those that are lost in those broken and hurting spaces is a calling that God places on the heart of every believer 
whether you realize it or not. It's those people that Jesus died for. And you know, the truth is, you and I were hurting and broken once too. Our brokenness may have looked different, but we were broken nonetheless. And the very reason we came to Christ in the first place is because we recognized that there was something broken in us. And Jesus was the only way to fix it. Yet somehow we seem to forget that when Jesus asked us to go into the dark and take someone that same light, that that's what they need. We forget that we used to be in the dark too. And over the years, uh, the more I've gotten to know Jesus, the more I realize how important this is. In fact, it's the most important thing. Helping others to know Christ is the very reason we're still here. And it's not about our desires or our reputation or even our need to be comfortable. It's about Jesus. And telling this lost and hurting world that there's a way out of the darkness. And so as we finish up this Desires of the Heart series, I want to leave you with some verses to meditate on as we think through this desire to be included. We all have this desire to be part of God's family. And as believers, we have a responsibility to be that for each other. The role of the church as a community of Jesus followers is to act like Jesus in our community. It's not that difficult of a concept, yet so many of us struggle with it. We're to bring each other into God's family to help them feel loved and accepted. And if we don't receive this in our own lives, not just as believers, but as people, we can fall into this trap of thinking that no one wants us or no one accepts us and that we're all alone. Instead, I want to look at what some of the biblical commands are in this area, and I call these the one another's. Love one another. That's from John 13, 34. And that command occurs at least 16 times, to love one another. Be devoted to one another, from Romans 12. Honor one another above yourselves, again, Romans 12. Live in harmony with one another, Romans 12. Build up one another, Romans 14, also in 1 Thessalonians 5. Accept one another, Romans 15. Care for one another, 1 Corinthians 12. Serve one another, bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another, be patient with one another, be kind and compassionate to one another. Consider others better than yourselves. Teach one another, comfort one another, encourage one another, exhort one another, show hospitality to one another, pray for one another. The list goes on and on. And in fact, if you want to see this list, I'll put it on uh, my blog, shehears.org, and you can see all the scripture references. But are you starting to see a theme here? These are just a few of the commands that we see that address how we're to treat each other. And I realize that this can be easier with some people than others. But friend, that's what we're called to do. It isn't love one another if they smell good. It isn't accept one another if they live in the right part of town. It isn't show hospitality when they fit in. Those disclaimers are just what we put on as conditions to our obedience. The reality is that we're called to obedience even when it is uncomfortable or when it costs us something because obedience is rarely comfortable. I think you know that. I certainly know that. And so as we start thinking about this, thinking when was the last time 
I serve someone that was out of my comfort zone? And how do I normally handle those kinds of situations? What's a way that I can move towards someone and have a heart for a quote-unquote one another? And I think the thing that I want to pray about this week is that the Lord would show us someone or somehow we can step into obedience in this area. Your heart might not be willing right in this moment, but I want us to get to the place where we want it to be, to be obedient in all things, including the areas that are hard. There was another time I was in Brooklyn, and I just remember we we were working with a really vulnerable population, and we were, we had bust them in. And there was one girl that, if I'm perfectly honest, she smelled terrible. And I didn't go sit by her because I couldn't, I couldn't stand, if I'm honest, I couldn't stand the way that she smelled. So I didn't go sit by her. I went and I sat with the kids that were clean. And I think about that now. And I think about where Jesus would have been sitting. And I see her face. I remember the way I felt in that moment. I remember how bright the lights were. I remember the clothes I was wearing. I remember the clothes she was wearing. And I remember the look in her eyes that I ignored when I was there. And at this point, it kind of haunts me. And, you know, a, a friend asked me this well, a week or two ago, they said, you know, how do you handle those situations where you didn't do what you knew God wanted you to do? And, I, you know, part of us wants to say, oh, I always do what God wants me to do. But that's not, we're human. That's not always the case. And especially before I got to the place where I knew Jesus the way I know him now. Obedience is rarely comfortable. And at that point, I was not willing to be obedient to the point of being just un uncomfortable. And so as I'm thinking about these times in our lives where we're disobedient, we know we missed the mark. We know we missed what God was calling us to do. Um, so this friend said, you know, how do we handle those? Because I felt terrible. Or afterwards, I didn't, I didn't know what to say, but afterwards I knew exactly what I should have said. I think God gives us grace in those situations of course his first choice for us would be to follow through to what he's calling us to do but I think God gives us grace to remember those situations so that our heart is prepared for next time because next time I will not shy away from her next time I will not shy away from loving the person that the rest of the world says is unlovable Next time, I will be obedient, even if it's uncomfortable. And what I've seen over the years is God can use those moments to impact us in such a way that we don't ever allow it to happen again. And so this week, and as we're thinking through the last couple of weeks that we spent together, what's that mean for you? I'd love to hear about it. I'm praying for God to reveal that to you. I'm praying that as you start to step into obedience, um, it would become easier because you can see the fruit of your obedience in a way that it's a blessing to you. Over the next 
um, couple of weeks, what we're going to be doing is looking at a Bible study that I wrote that will be available this summer. And we're going to take some time with Jesus looking at different women throughout the scriptures. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pray for us. I wanted to kind of give you a preview so it's something to look forward to. But sitting here, sitting here for a little bit and thinking through obedience. What's that mean? Obedience is rarely comfortable. So what's that mean? We have to be willing to be uncomfortable so God can use us. And, you know, you hear a lot of talk about the comfort zone or outside of my box or, or whatever. Um, but ultimately, who Jesus is calls us to reach out to the lost and the hurting and the broken. That's just, it's who he is. We see that in all the pages of scripture. And so the challenge becomes, if I am uncomfortable, why? And I think the remedy for that is getting to know Jesus. And so the next series that we're going to be doing is going to be looking at helping us to get to know Jesus better, seeing that side of him, learning how to hear from him, seeing different aspects of him and who he is and his character and his nature. And I, I hope you stick around with me for that. Um, I'm excited about it. I'm excited to share my heart with that. And as we sign off this series, I just want to say thank you for sticking with me. And again, as always, if you have something you want to pray with, want me to pray with you about, go ahead and send it to me. I would, I would count it a privilege and honor to cover you in prayer. So let's go ahead and, and close out in prayer. And guys, thank you for allowing me to just spend a little bit of time sharing my heart with you and the things that God puts on my heart. God, we thank you that um, despite our flawed humanness, you are a God of second chances that doesn't give up on us, even though we're stubborn and we can be hard-hearted and we can be disobedient and all of the ways that you call us to yourself. Lord, I thank you that who I am now is not who I was and that you made sure of that. Lord, I pray that as our my friends here go throughout their week, that you would point out the brokenness around them and that you not would just point it out, but you would call them to intercede, to take the light into the darkness, to share you with those around them. Lord, I know that's hard sometimes. But help us to see that our role as a community of Jesus followers is to act like Jesus. To love one another and be devoted to one another and all the other things that you command us to in Scripture. Thank you, God. Thank you that we don't go at this alone. That even though obedience is not comfortable, that we're not alone, that you're with us, that you can empower and equip us to do it beyond even what we think we're capable of. Thank you that you don't give up on us. And Lord, I thank you that in our obedience, we can see your hand of blessing as we learn more about not just the people we're serving, but about who you are and your heart for your people. 
God, I thank you for podcasting. I thank you that you transcend time and space and you can reach into the hearts of your people to convict, to encourage, to empower, and to equip. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Bye, guys. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you for God's call in your life, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you this week. Know that you are loved, you are cherished, and you are His.